Welcome to Playmakers, everyone. I'm your host, Haley Elwood. It is week 17. The Los Angeles Chargers have made it to the playoffs. But before they get there, they will face the Los Angeles Rams at home this week. But we're kicking it old school here on Playmakers, sort of focusing on what this podcast was originally intended for, and that is highlighting amazing women in this industry. So joining me is the host of Good Morning Football, Jamie Erdahl, to talk about her first season on the show, and we'll get to some Chargers as well. Jamie, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Haley. Thank you so much. Um, I'm glad to chat with you, and uh, finally we get to meet and connect and chat football. I know. We were just talking offline. I know you used to cover the NFL on CBS before you moved to the SEC on CBS and now this role. And I was saying I totally remember you covering Chargers games back in San Diego when we were there many, many moons ago. But nice to mm -hmm. officially, as you say, meet virtually, albeit. Yes, thank you. So let's talk GMFB first season. What has it been like for you so far? It's been busy. It's a big change, um, you know, with for a job and for life. Um, you know, we moved at, you know, on like a four weeks notice, essentially. And it was like a wholesale, whole family, sell a house, buy a house, dog involved kind of move. Mm -hmm. And um, all, all the while, like when I found out, like I started the show, like really four weeks later. So then there was like a temporary apartment involved. And it just, it was like, the wheels have not stopped turning over. Um, but, I, and I've said this to a lot of people that I just saw over the holidays, which is like, shockingly, in the five months since this happened, um, the job still is the easiest part of my day. You know, I've got two little kids at home and moving boxes, sadly, places in the house. And so, but the football and the job and the guys, um, I have really made it smooth. And so every day I love the show. It's all the other, you know, X's and O's of life that make it a challenge. <laughs> I kind of love your honesty though, because everyone sees you on the show. The show's fantastic. It's been around for so many years now, but, but for you and, and Jason McCourty to come on and have this presence is great. But like, you're super honest about like, Hey, this was a really quick transition and one that happened super fast. And I don't think yeah. a lot of people probably think about that. It was very fast and um, it was, and it was really jarring, you know, for my family for a lot of reasons. My husband and I are both from Minnesota and we have, like mm -hmm. I said, we have a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old. And we lived near both of our sets of parents and, um, and we left and, you know, we don't have that kind of like family backbone anymore, if you will. Um, you know, our kids are in really vulnerable and like needy ages. And, but I think what people also have to remember is like, while I go to work every day now, I get to put my kids to bed every night now, as opposed to with CBS and eight incredible years at CBS, you know, I, I didn't go to work every day, but I also had to leave every weekend. And so that's mm -hmm. really hard with the kids um, being the ages that they are. And so it just felt like the right time in life to do something like this for a lot of reasons, but one of which was just. I really am happy to go every day and talk every day and then like start a new game the next morning. Um, and I just, I like, I like not traveling. I like staying home. Yeah, I'm sure that's great. In terms also of this job, you know, you, as we mentioned, NFL on CBS, SEC on CBS, basketball, football, a little bit of everything, sideline reporting <laughs> to now transition yeah. to this role, hosting a morning show. What has that been like for you? 
it's been really fun. I, I, I've also said too, um, you know, I can't put the genie back in the bottle now, if you will. Like now I've been given <laughs> this platform to like, I just get to talk for like two minutes, three minutes. And it's just this round table. And like, if it's really good, they just keep going as opposed to, and this isn't through the fault of any, you know, this is just broadcast television. When you're doing a game, it's, you are at the mercy of the game. You only have as oh, much yeah. time as kickoff allows or until the next down, until the next snap. Um, and that's not anybody's fault except the game. You're there for the game. This show, you're there for each other. You're there for the viewers. You're there for the football fan that wants to engage with football every single day. And so two days ago, we got into this hilarious round table about like Kyle's obsession with the NFC South and just like how nobody, it's just up for grabs and like no one can figure it out. And we all kind of staked our claim on a team. And then like, in, I have these moments in the show where I get nervous that we're doing, it's, it's going too long. Like, oh God, we really got to wrap things up. And, and I look around and I'm like, Peter and Kyle do not have that nervousness because they've been doing this for six years and they know better than I do that like when it's good, they let us go, which I think is like a really great trademark of the show that when you're on a good topic or a good conversation or someone's really passionate about something, you have the freedom. And I, and I'm still learning that because I still have this nervousness, like don't talk over a snap. <laughs> and so it's, it's trick. It's still a skill. I mean, I'm only five months into it, but I really, really love the creative freedom. What a luxury too of going from a job where you have someone in your ear going, you have 15 seconds or you have 30 seconds and that's yeah. it to now minutes. You've yeah. got multiple. Yeah. It's shock. It's like, it's really sounds kind of lame when you put it that way. Like, Oh, now I have whole minutes, but like minutes in television are precious. A lot of times you don't realize. Yeah. You just don't realize. And you know, as a sideline reporter too, you just, you like telling a really good story is hard to do. And you have to just cut through the teeth of information sometimes. And you have to rely sometimes on your play-by-play -play guy to button it up on the back end. And if you don't, if it doesn't happen, then you feel like, oh, no one, you know, you didn't land the plane. And right. It, it, and you work, you're, you grind on like getting something perfect. And if, you know, something goes awry, you're so you know, frustrated, disappointed with yourself that you couldn't accomplish something. Whereas this, it's like, you just have time. And I think it's the greatest gift in sports TV is 15 hours a week of just football. That's right. <laughs> Part of the magic, I think, of this show is the chemistry. And you have worked yourself in so seamlessly, same with McCordy, but just working with Kyle, working with Peter, how key was building that from really, like you mentioned, a very short time frame to then getting on air and doing this? Well, I think what's actually really cool is, and but risky at the same time, was that we had all met each other. We had all been in the one room together one time before our first show. And um, so really, we've kind of figured each other out, like on mm -hmm. television. And that has, you know, at times provided for, I'm sure, clunky moments of me trying to learn how to, again, this goes back to what my like television brain is trained to do, which is like to keep the train on the tracks. Um, you know, Kyle goes off the tracks and that's great. And that's what he makes does? Kyle no. great. Yeah. And Peter goes off the tracks too. And then Jason's learning how to take his train off the tracks. And <laughs> I guess I am too. And so it's, it, that's, um, that's what's been fun to do in real time. I think, honestly, I think the more you practice that stuff, um, it's becomes less organic. Mm -hmm. I think us going to London and Munich together as a show was awesome for this reason. 
you know, we all, we're all, we all have kids and we all try to bolt out the door as soon as possible when the show is done because we got stuff to go do. So to have that uninterrupted time together uh, abroad and then being a part of these historical moments for football, I think also really brought us together a lot faster too. So it's like, while we didn't have as much time on the front end, we've really had some meaty time together in the, in the interim, in the season. And I just feel like we, we all agreed last week, our, the holiday week leading up to um, Christmas weekend was like our best week of shows. Like it just felt like we were there, you know, we, we hit all cylinders, we got all the topics. Um, you know, we had to cover breaking news and Franco Harris passed like minutes yeah. before our show. And that's a challenge in and of itself from like an execution standpoint. So I think we've just become really proud of what we've done together over five months. And that just doesn't seem like that long when you consider that those two guys and the original cast members were together for six years. Yeah. No, it's funny you mentioned the the European trips because to me it's almost like a relationship. Like when you start dating someone and then maybe you go on vacation with them or you start to live together and you're like, oh, now we're really sort of figuring this out, but it works. And it's yes. like, okay, this is good. Like we're good. Everything's yes. great. <laughs> Right. Well, so like in September, you know, this like got, was in real time documented on the show of Kyle and I were on the same flight to London. And, you know, like you watch enough movies, you get a little scared of like international travel and you're like going by yourself, especially as a woman. And so I, I in my mind, this came out a lot smoother than it than it did, obviously. But I texted Kyle something like we don't we don't have to talk um but i would i would like to ride with you from heathrow into london when we land and he sure. on the show the next day was like i just want to say something and i was like you know he goes jamie texted me this weird thing yesterday and i was like oh my lord we are just oh right we're just doing this right on tv yep and so it became this whole like phenomenon of like, do you talk to your coworkers on flights? And like, I think, I think the world now is like weighed in and everyone's like pretty 50, 50. And I still contend that I didn't say we didn't have to talk at all. I just meant like, I didn't also want you to think that like, I'm going to gnaw your ear off the way that I do for three hours a day, you know, just different yep. parameters. And like Peter, you know, probably like poked the bear a little bit. And Jason like did what he does best, which is like try to listen to both sides and like come down. And then like, Months later, Blake Shelton was on last couple weeks ago, and he like <laughs> threw it back like more stokes on the fire. And I was like, okay, so okay, guys, it's okay, yeah. So like, there's also like the fourth wall that gets broken sometimes with these guys, which I think, like you said, makes the show really good. Um, but yeah, it's uh, learning on the fly with like what's fair game, which is everything. It seems like <laughs> yeah, absolutely, it seems that way. So in kind of segueing from that. I'm so interested in sort of just the rundown process of this show. Do you have homework? Like, what is it like? Let's just take this example. We're recording this on a Tuesday, going from a Monday night game to your show Tuesday morning, and maybe what that's like. Okay, so it's a little different. I think it, they took them years to kind of like come up with a system that worked. And I think the mm -hmm. show has been through a lot of editorial transformation, if you will. So anyone listening, keep in mind that I know, I only know the last five months. So what we have every day, and it's like a constant working thing is a Google doc that we work on and um, the rundowns in it. And the rundown is five segments an hour for three hours. So 15 blocks of time. And we have segment producers that work, they're assigned to various segments throughout the show. 
And throughout the day, yesterday, for example, their mm-hmm. segment producers will start to put the, the questions in. You know, it's um, like, let's kick up that NFC conversation again. And what do you think? Like, who do you think is this or that? And then, um, you know, Robert Sala had this to say about Zach Wilson. And like, let's give our takes about that. And we talked about Packers Vikings. And in those questions, we write our answers. And so you can kind of see what the other guys are thinking. And, you know, some guy, somebody will ask for like, Peter, We'll ask for like, let me give me the 1979 NFC Championship game, and you're like, of course, like here we go down memory lane. Kyle's like, unload all of like the Star Wars references you can on how it pertain, and then then you kind of realize, okay, this is where we're going. Yeah. So, anyways, all those blocks get eaten up. What gets left blank on a Monday, for example, is the A blocks. The first, the top of the hour, every hour is saved for prime real estate for the Monday Night Football game because what you figure is that. No, rarely is someone up the entire game to watch the whole game and then they are up for our show. So you want to provide them the highlight as quickly as possible. So whether or not you stay up to watch the entire game is their is your prerogative as a talent, as a production person, whatever. But the point is, you must know that when that show starts next day, you're talking about that game from the night yeah. before. So you got to watch it and have... So then we have a call at 5.30 in the morning and... They'll say, we got all your stuff in the document, no problem, but, like, what do you guys want to talk about from this Chargers-Colts game? And then we unmute, and we give our takes, and I want to do this, I want to do that, that. everything gets assigned, and then we see each other again at 7 a.m., and off and running we go. So, it's, there's, like, a crew, an awesome crew of night shift producer editors that go to work for the stuff that we submit at night. And so there's a couple hours of work at night, and then it, everything kind of kicks off the next day at 5.30, and then we're on at 7. I kind of love that, though, because you're contributing, but sort of at, like, a go-at-your-own-pace, it seems like, sort of situation. Totally. But never, yes. like, never seems like you guys feel totally out of it because you have so much help on the back end to sort of, like you say, fill in those blanks yeah. and get you guys caught up to speed. Yep. That's great. And, you know, All right, so, I, yeah. I'll be honest. Oh, I'm sorry. I think... Okay. Like, I think just my last thought on that, I, what I also really have enjoyed learning about the show is that um, they've really created like a sustainable production where like it is very collaborative. So like I don't think an entire week goes by that I don't reach out to a, some producer and it's like I cannot come up with like what elf on the shelf parallel I would make like to the NFL. Can you help me? And then they'll somebody will come up with it. Other times you have this like bright light come on. You're like so proud of this thing. But other like it is totally just teamwork. And which I really like because people are really creative who work on the show. And so I think it's important to know that like there are some takes where like Kyle will get done with something. And we're like, where did you come up with that? And he'll be like, oh, somebody emailed me. I'm like, God, that's genius. So fantastic. Can you kind of actually, before we get to some Chargers talk, just elaborate on the importance of producers and sort of that back end, because you've been in this business for a long time, but I think it's refreshing for those who might be younger, maybe sort of entering to hear you say, hey, I still rely on these guys. I still rely on their help, lean on them for certain things when I need them at times. Yeah, you know, it's a really good question because... I'm confident in saying that there is not a single person that goes on television unless it's your own like YouTube production from home and you are, you never do this by yourself. You never do it. It's just not this, this job does not operate as a one man, as a true one man band. Now I'm not, there are 
sports journalists, tell local television journalists who go out, but you're still doing your stuff, bringing it back, and some the TD is putting it on television. The it's the producer of the news show is putting your thing into the local rundown. So you can't get anywhere without working with other people. It's just not how it works in TV. You love sports. Sports is a team game, so like you got to treat it as such. So you know if you. Especially with 15 hours a week of TV. If you think you are so, you have so much content year-round that you can do 15 hours of NFL and have them all be your own creative, unique ideas, you are a unicorn and I think that you should find a job at a major network because I would really be hard-pressed to think that somebody, one person, could do that. Like, (laughs) so... I think you have, you just have to open yourself up to that and realize that, like, even if it is, let's say, your own idea, like, I'll sit in hair and makeup in the morning, and we have a producer that sits with us in the room, and I'll just be like, oh, Adam, I had this thought last night about Justin Herbert, and like, you know, just help me put this into historical context about what this means, or remind me, what was said to, am I having this right? And, like, because your wires get crossed, and we all do all these different things, and, you know, just to have somebody else there to bounce your ideas off of, because if the first time you're, like, putting those thoughts out there in the universe is on the show that can get a little risky. You know, it's good to like run some things by people sometimes. So I just think, you know, collaboration is key and it's a team game and you know, you're all the people are putting you on television. You should rely on those people for help. Yeah. Everyone's got teammates even on the TV side. Yeah. So let's, yeah. yeah. So now let's segue to this Chargers game. As I mentioned, they clinched a playoff spot with the win over the Indianapolis Colts. We get to see Justin Herbert yep. in the postseason. This is a hot, hot, hot topic. 2020 draft class. What are your thoughts on now seeing the Chargers make the postseason for the first time since 2018? I'm really happy for him. You know, I was watching the game last night and, you know, from top to bottom, there are guys on that team that I think they've just been through the ringer. You know, Austin Eckler, um, Justin Herbert, even like Coach Staley. You know, it's just like the the things that are said about the Chargers, um, and it's not even like the doubters. I think at times it's like blatant ignoring of like what does and does not go down there is like really quite fascinating to me. I know there's like an LA media market conversation to be had about that and time slots and whatever. And no one knows that better than Justin Herbert playing college football at Oregon. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Um, But it's, I'm really just really happy. The injuries they had to deal with early in the season, um, the games that they lost and the way that they lost like that, that first chiefs loss Oh, yeah. So backbreaking, I think, to like the the national narrative of the team, because like the second that happened, the second they let that one get away, it was like same old chargers. And it was almost everyone was like, okay, great. Like we can just like put them in that bucket that we always put them in. And then it and then the rematch in November, it's like, okay, great. Reconfirm what we thought, you know, (laughs) it's just like it's so not fair. Um, So I'm so thrilled that it happened the way that it did. And it was interesting. I was looking at the stats and, you know, Justin's numbers were not Justin's numbers on Monday night. Like it wasn't just like what he usually does, which is like, frankly, in a loss, like, oh, 385 yards, three touchdowns, but they lost. You know, it's like that's kind of been his thing. It's like Mm -hmm. statistically amazing. Does the team show up in January? Haven't seen it yet. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Like, I just straight up want to see what he's made up now because now we can stop using this we've never seen Justin Herbert spiel. 
um, as an excuse to kind of exclude him from that class. Jamie, we are so over it. <laughs> we're so over here. Yet. So it's so good that like, this is like, we're done. We got the dolphins game out of the way. Oh yes. yeah. We're, we're, we're moving on. They're yeah. moving on, which is fantastic. <laughs> you know, it has, it, you know, Kyle yesterday was on one about Kirk Cousins and it's kind of in the same vein. Like sure. it, he, Kirk Cousins has demons about like the monies that he's made and, and the games that he's lost and the deals that he's done and just kind of his general like persona. And people really love to hold that against him. And like, I find that like Justin Herbert's going to like flirt with that, I think in his career because of, you know, where he went to college and um, where he plays and there's like until the team starts, you know, so maybe the fact that he's biting this off like a little bit earlier uh, in his career and he doesn't have to deal with it years into it, like Cousins is still dealing with it. So I'm excited to see him. I think they looked, I think they looked solid last night. And I think any of these games on the stretch can be really tricky and so I think they just got the job done and they took care of business and you just got to win kind of in brutal ways sometimes. And mm -hmm. so what field goals in Indianapolis, you got to do it. Yep. And the defense showed up certainly against what is seems to be a very broken Colts team right now, but you didn't, you yeah. didn't play down. You didn't let it, that one get away from you. And, right. and that's certainly what you want. Final question before we let you go, looking at where this Chargers team is, I think they could go as high as the five, probably stay at the six, wherever it is in that wild card seating. Yeah. How do you maybe assess their chances in the AFC race, excuse me, up against teams like, you know, you might see Kansas City again, you might see uh, Cincy or Buffalo for the first time. Mm -hmm. These are some pretty good teams in the AFC. I had a basketball coach when I was younger, tell me and this always stuck with me and it applied to the sport that I played and then teams that I've covered it's really hard to beat a team three times in a year mm -hmm. it's hard to play a team three times in a year I, I, I kind of I live in fear of divisional playoff games and I grew up in Minnesota so like Packers Vikings in the playoffs bad bad news like just stay away from it so I don't, I would not want the Chargers to have to deal with the Chiefs like until way later or like have someone else deal with them in the opening mm -hmm. round. And and if you got to go to Arrowhead again, like it just, oh, brutal. Like I'd almost rather be like blank slate, you know, like that to me is like blank competition. You can study all the film that you want, but like roll the ball out in Cincinnati for the first time, roll the ball out in Buffalo. Like God, Chargers at Bills, that sounds so fun. And I, I feel like because I know, like, the Chiefs, Chargers things, I know what would be said. And, like, from a show perspective, like, just thinking about that, like, Chargers, Bills would be really fun to, to talk about and prep for. Um, so I just, I think that's what I've always stood by is, like, divisional playoff games in the first round especially really terrify me. And I want nothing to do with them. So I kind of don't wish that upon them whatsoever. Well, we hope it doesn't come to that. But regardless, they're in the tournament. As Brandon Staley said yesterday, it's a new beginning it. for this team. You just got to go take your chances. Mm -hmm. You got two more games in the regular season. Hopefully kind of shore up some things over these last couple of weeks before you get there. But they've got the ticket. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me. It's been so great to talk to you, to get to know you. Congratulations on everything, too, with GMFB. Thank you, Haley. I really appreciate it. Have fun in January covering postseason football. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>